Hello, welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We're your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week, we are wrapping up The Tyrant's Tomb with chapters 37 through 43. At the ending of the book, there, I will say there were some twists and turns I didn't there see were. coming. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There were some that I did see coming. Yeah. Um, so I think we should just get into it because we have a lot to discuss. The chat we have seven chapters instead of our usual six, and then we have yeah. the overall book to discuss and predictions and stuff. So we can just dive That's into true. it. Let's do it. We are four out of five books it's done. Crazy, almost, which is very trial. exciting for us. Will we finish this year? With the last book. Yeah. We finish, I think, like, end of November, too. So then we have to figure out what we do. Yeah. Because the show comes out in December, but there's still the strike. It'll depend on the strike because I saw on, you know, whatever, the union, SAG union website, that podcasting about show, struck shows, is scabbing. Oh. I don't want to be a scab. Oh, I know. I we'll have to figure out what we're going to do about that because also like we're not we're not famous enough. No, we're not to famous really enough. make an impact, but also I want to support in any the way that we can. Stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'll be God, fun I hope regardless. Not striking still. I hope they get everything that they need. Cuz I want the actors to be able to do like interviews and and promotion. That's always like such a fun part of a new show yeah. is seeing all the fun stories behind the scenes stuff. So And I hope like all the writers and stuff get to have a good holiday with their family. I know. Jesus Christ, yeah. it's been so long. I know. Like, so we Some of them we are struggling know. to pay rent. Yeah, you never yeah. know. So, what the yeah, future we'll, will hold. Maybe we'll they'll visit it. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll uh, pay them living wages and give them good healthcare benefits, and it'll be a utopia world. But either way, we'll have to do something. Yeah, um, we'll revisit. maybe like have some kind of live hangout before we watch the show. Yeah, we'll see. See. Well, to summarize, to wrap up our fourth book, we're going to wrap it up with an intense battle and we're going to be reuniting some friendly faces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I got chapters 37 through 39. Chapter 37. I didn't do it. Explosion? I don't know her. Probably Greg's fault. I really liked that one. I think that's one of my new favorite ones. <laughs> Who's Greg? I don't know. I I didn't see a Greg mentioned in this chapter, oh. but I liked Explosion. I don't know her. <laughs> but, you know, it's not the typical joke where it's like uh, any verb that ends in ER. And then you're like, I don't, I barely even know her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that joke lately. It's been a good go-to. Oh, God, you're such a father. Thank you so much. <laughs> so much. I've been kind of, I saw a, Someone with a hat on TikTok, oh, oh, a woman with a hat that said Chihuahua Daddy, and I kind of want that. <laughs> That's no. a good one. Right? Yeah. Anyway, Apollo has a third degree burn, and he's staggering out of the tunnel, having left Frank behind to burn, and also Caligula. I was like, may he rest in peace with his horse friend. I'm sure we his go, horse friend is beating the shit out of him for, like, hurting yeah. the Pegasi. I'm, like, just going... To town on Caligula's face. I hope so. And probably being like, what happened, 
to our plan. Mm-hmm. I died and you forgot about horses. Yeah. Yeah. Could even be a martyr to his horses. He just became an idea lost in the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did write in my notes that I kind of want a short reunion story of them, you know, re- reuniting in Tartarus, starting a movement for the horses of Tartarus. I think that's what the horse Are is there doing. horses in Tartarus? I'm imagining the horses there because that's it. he, or are they in like the fields of punishment? I don't know that they did bad enough to go to Tartarus, but the horse is probably, you know, considered a bad guy. But isn't but it like Tartarus he? for the monsters? And wouldn't you argue that this horse that can answer Bluetooth <laughs> is a monster a little bit? That's true. That's actually the sole reason is because he can answer Bluetooth. <laughs> a horse with thumbs is a monster to me, thanks. Yeah. I just like the idea of him, like, leading a horse movement in Tartarus, and then all the monsters in Tartarus are like, what is a horse? <laughs> They're like, we don't have those here. But I think that's the perfect punishment. He's tried to lead a movement mm. for people who don't even occupy his space. Yeah. He's the only one. Mm-hmm. Party yeah. of one. Party of one. Well, soon to be reunited with Caligula, and they can have their little fight in the underworld. Commodus, though, unfortunately, did not burn, and he crawls out behind uh, Apollo out of the smoky cave and yells at his troops to signal the yachts to fire. And Apollo is just like, sees Commodus, is struck with rage, he's feeling sad about Frank and, you know, Jason and everything that's happened. So Apollo uses his strength to straight up murder Commodus with his bare hands. I know. This part I was reading, and I actually was like, Wait, what? I don't remember this happening. This is intense. And it's all in a paragraph, too. Yeah, he sings like a note. And that (laughs) note is so powerful that Commodus just turns into ash. I had to reread it a couple times. I was like, did he just just murder someone? (laughs) Yeah. And he, like, tackles him and he says he, he like, chokes him and he thinks of how he strangled him the first time um, in the in the myth, the ancient times. And he's like, wow, just like then. And then he makes him vanish into ash. Apollo is at least a little bit shocked after this. He's like, hold up, did I just murder this man? And all of the uh, the armies around them are staring like, what just happened? Um, they do. They all turn and watch the yachts as the, in the distance because they start lighting up green as they're firing the Greek fire at Camp Jupiter. But something is wrong. And up this whole time, Apollo is thinking like, "Where is our godly help that I summoned? They aren't showing up. I really want my sister to show up." But he sees the yachts fire. But something is wrong. Instead of firing at Camp Jupiter, they just go straight in the air. <laughs> This is very comical to me. This is very cartoonish. And then they fall back down directly onto the yachts, which I was like, so why did embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Did nobody check? Like, how would they not see that it's pointing straight up? This is this is exactly what happened in Heroes of Olympus, too. The catapults, like, all got, like, fired <laughs> at each other and no one checked. How many times can you do this? How many times can you learn the same lesson, you know? Mm. Apparently infinite. Or 50 times, because 50 yachts explode, and none on all these 50 boats, not a single one of the, like, Pandai or the Blemier checked. The Blemier probably can't see that high. No, they can't. To, see, to check, you know? But the Pandai, they can fly. So there's no excuse. Their ears, yeah. <laughs> Their ears. 
It's like the orcas are so happy right now <laughs> with all the yachts exploding. All of the remaining troops that are where near the cave where Apollo is stare at him in fear. Even though he knows, like, he's like, I did not do that. The people around him are looking at him like he did. They just watched him kill a man with his hands, and they mm. know he was once a god, and they assume that his godly power did that, so they just all run away, which is funny. Apollo then falls to his knees. He's in pain and distraught about Frank. He's also distraught about the fact that no god has shown up to help him, which I love that they have that. Like, it's frustrating because they did the whole point of the whole mission with Reyna and Meg to get the the last breath of uh, Harpocrates was so they could do this ritual. And so as a reader, it's kind of like, what was the point of the ritual at this point? Because we don't see any godly help. But I like that they're forcing Apollo to feel what it's like when no gods show up to help. Because yeah. that has happened to so many of our, of our demigod heroes. To a point that they actually start assuming that there's going to be no divine help so they're surprised mm -hmm. when there is yeah <laughs> the gods are like just lower the expectations mm -hmm. yeah that's how you yeah. that's how you raise children right yeah you lower the bars so that anytime you do show up it's like incredible wow. dad of yeah. the year yeah mm -hmm. apollo then frees all the pegasi and is about to ride one of them back towards new rome he glances at the tunnel one last time and calls. He, like, screams Frank's name, but Frank doesn't reappear. So he's like, Frank's dead. There's that. Yeah, on. I tried my best, apparently. <laughs> I just yelled his name and was like, well, well he was nope, alive. he's dead. He will come crawling. He just got burned. <laughs> I know. He would have screamed back, Apollo. Yeah, it's, it's like Marco throat. I know. <laughs> so chapter 38. Got two words for you. Swiss Army Unicorns, man. Okay, that's four words. That haiku, not as good. Because mm -hmm. two, he could have just said got four words for you from the get-go. Need some work on that one. <laughs> Apollo takes a ride back on a Pegasus to camp into the city um, and finds the battle still raging near the city lines. Also, I know we mentioned this in the last chapter. I have no, I cannot visualize this no. like geographically. I, when he's like, I rode the Pegasus back to like the uphill, city lines. I'm yeah. like, weren't you already there? I don't understand. Camp Jupiter and New it Rome, I think, no are sense. bigger than they are in yeah. my mind. Yeah. And I understand that, like, it's supposed to be a city and a camp together near mm -hmm. a highway across yeah. the bay it's just so much going it's on. a lot yeah i yeah. think i'm used to like envisioning camp half-blood as quite small yeah it's because, like a little know, patch of, of land <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> true it's like this tiny little camp and they i forget that they actually have a fully functioning city and system here back at near the city line he finds meg riding a battle unicorn and leading an army of battle unicorns outfitted in Kevlar with their names printed on the side, which is kind of a cute twist. And they have large Swiss army knife type things, like giant ones attached to their horns. I was obsessed <laughs> with this, like, first of all, this description, because I was like, mm -hmm. first I just read the Kevlar and I was like, so that was like her big weaponizing the unicorns act. It was just like giving them a, a vest. Um, but then I was like, okay, Swiss army knife things attached to their, hor their horns is kind of interesting. But there's like a whole thing 
where she like he goes on to talk about like you, where he's answering our question of like what's the difference I think you asked it you're like what's the difference with Commodus like attaching mm-hmm. like razors to the ostriches the battle ostriches and Apollo's like well you should know that these unicorns like it they're like actually mm-hmm. really like striving for violence and so it's very <laughs> and it just reminds me so much of like how my mom explains like her fancy bags to me because she's a vegetarian and she's like very much like in her brain or she says it's like oh poor animals you kill them for meat and I'm like yes because like the the bag that you have the leather bag and so she's like oh and she like has like fucking calf skin bags like you'd think that 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 was like a she's like they found a sick calf and it was dying (laughs) Like, okay, that's like kind of what I feel like Apollo is like, no, they like it. They're having so much fun murdering zombies. I feel like it's like I read uh, something someone wrote recently where there was like a story about a vegetarian who was like very righteous about it, but um, would wear leather if it was thrifted <laughs> because the argument was like, well, it's good for the environment because it's thrifted. Thrifted. Like oh my the hoops God. you jump through to justify your own. You can just like decisions. allow yourself to be a hypocrite. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can't be a perfect civilian. Yeah. Just don't try to make up a bullshit reason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just acknowledge that we all suck sometimes. Yeah, it's a hard world to live in to yeah. not suck in. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the battle unicorns are. <laughs> A bit take. of a stretch. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't agree that they. He's like they're having fun. They you love can see violence. it in their eyes. And I was like, I'm okay, like, Apollo. Okay, mm-hmm. like they were forced into this. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of using animals for battle in Me any either. situation. But mm-hmm. okay, thanks for explaining to us. Him and Meg then, and the unicorns then head towards where Hazel and Tarquin are in the middle of town. And as they're heading through towards the middle of town, Apollo notices that it doesn't seem like a full-on invasion and more like a diversion. A diversion so that Tarquin could get something specific, such as the sibling books. So Apollo has a bit of a light bulb moment and is like, the bookstore! So they change paths and go towards the bookstore, where Apollo suspects Tarquin is. Along the way, they do run into Hazel, who is fighting off zombies with Arian. They join in and help Hazel and Arian fight off the zombies, and Hazel asks where Frank is. And when Apollo can't quite answer her question, she kind of knows what must have happened. And she touches her forehead to Arian's mane and, like, murmurs to himself, herself, and then stands up very straight and whispers a direction in Arion's ear, he runs away, and then she demands that they find Tarquin, and Apollo notes, like, she looks like she wants to murder him. Good. Apollo, I know, good for her. Apollo then leads her towards the bookstore. So at the bookstore, there are two zombies standing guard, and Hazel just, like, without blinking, summons some jewels from the ground and flings them really hard at the zombies and knocks them out. Apollo, Hazel, and Meg sneak into the bookstore, and just as they suspected, Tarquin is in there, and he's searching around for something. He's also having a disagreement with the bookstore cat. Like, he's like, why are you not answering my questions? He doesn't know what a cat is, which is a little weird, because I think they had cats back then, you know? I would think so, yeah. They're not a new invention. Yeah, it's not a new thing, but to Tarquin it is. Mm. He also, Apollo notes that he has quite the outfit on for 
coming up into the world. He has a moldy red cloak, gold rings on his fingers, a newly polished crown, and he is pretty pleased to see Apollo when he turns around and sees them there. He's actually happy that Apollo killed the emperors. He's like, great. I love it when people die. I love that Frank died. And when he mentions Frank's name, Hazel's like, don't fucking say his name. It's great. I love angry Hazel. Mm -hmm. He then demands to know where the Sibylline books are. And he's like, the cat won't tell me. (laughs) And since Apollo was bitten, Tarquin has a weird, strange power over him and is able to force him to speak and like pull words out of him against his will. He forces Apollo to tell him where the books are, and Apollo reveals that they're not books, they're tattooed to Tyson's skin, and Tyson is on Temple Hill with with Ella the Harpy. Hazel tells Tarquin that he'll never leave the bookstore, that her troops are cleaning up the last of his invasion, and that he's lost the war for the battle. And then he laughs like a good villain, and he's like, oh my dear, did you think that was the invasion? Turns out, because he has to reveal his evil villain plan. Of course. Those troops were just his skirmishers, and now it's time for the city to be properly pillaged. And he, like, snaps his hands and is like, the rest of my zombies are coming. So chapter 39. Captain Underpants does not appear in this book. Copyright issues. (laughs) I was not a Captain Underpants girl. I was. I found it. Oh, you. That makes sense. It wasn't that I, 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 I wasn't a Captain Underpants girl either. I just, they were in my house and I read everything Yeah, because you house. had a brother. I did. My brother was a Captain Underpants dude. I think a lot of boys were. Yeah. They either liked him or, they, you know, they were socialized to like him. He I mean, the concept the was like the most ridiculous thing. It, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. your vice principal is hypnotized. And so when he gets like in a trance or whatever, he becomes Captain Underpants. <laughs> And he fights crime. So <laughs> I like didn't know much. I just remember a few boys in my like fourth grade class being so obsessed with Captain Underpants that I hated it in retaliation because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be associated with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I read like quite a few of those, and then my little cousin was mm. into them because we gave mm. them all of our books, and so yep. he got it because of me. He got into the Magic Tree House because of my brother. He got That's into a Captain good Underpants. Yeah. Well, look, who's the good influence there, know. you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so nothing happens is how the chapter starts. <laughs> Tarquin is, like, snapping his fingers again, and he's like, come on, where are they? But not, it remains quiet outside. Then mm-hmm. Hazel and the cat both attack Tarquin. Apollo is really starting, I mean, he hasn't felt well this whole time, but it's getting way worse. He's confused and dazed. He draws out arrows. He finds the only arrow he has left is the arrow of Dodona, who decides to give him a pep talk, which I kind of love. He says, Holdest thou on, Apollo? Yieldest thyself not to the undead king. And this part's a little delusional because Apollo is like not really knowing what's going on. And he's like watching everything around him. He Meg is defending him while he collapses. Hazel's still stabbing at Tarquin. The arrow just keeps encouraging Apollo. And it's like, come on, you love music. Why don't you sing a song? And Apollo's like, uh, you're right. And starts singing Sweet Caroline to himself. <laughs> this, like, this part felt like a fever dream, which yeah. maybe was the intention. Yeah. Because the time Apollo sings, it feels a bit like a fever dream. That's very true. 
Even when it's the Jason death song. <laughs> I think the especially. fall of Jason and Grace. Yeah. That's what it was called. Jason death song. The Jason death song. My favorite song. <laughs> he So he keeps singing to the rock remix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Rehab does like a dubstep remix. Oh, yeah. I'd listen to it. I, I feel like it. the campers at Camp Jupiter, especially like presumably they're Gen Z, they would all make different, <laughs> they'd like record it and make different like country version. Yeah, con- different versions of it. Ugh. The possibilities. I yeah. I know. If only the demigods were allowed cell phones. I know. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they had TikTok. They'd, they'd be, be so unstoppable. Powerful. I know. They'd be so funny. So while Apollo's swing- swinging, <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> while Apollo is singing Sweet Caroline, the arrow also kind of judges him for it, but it then is like, I guess if this makes you feel better and joins in, but changes the lyrics to Shakespearean, which I really want to know what that, is, what that sounds like. But I also don't want to know, you know? Yeah. He watches deliriously as Meg slashes through the last of Tarquin's army and Hazel stabs Tarquin in the chest. Tarquin falls and collapses, but is still alive. He's like, I am the undead. You can't just kill me. Um, But then the moment that Apollo and we have been waiting for finally happens. Apollo in his delirium starts to smell something like a storm or a forest and a large wolf passes by and he's like, is that Lupa? And it licks his face and he's like, no, that's not Lupa. It is a pack of large beasts. And behind them, there's a girl who looks to be about 12 with auburn hair dressed for the hunt and she walks into the bookstore. So it is Artemis slash Diana. She says that it's Diana in this form. She shoots Tarquin with an arrow and he disintegrates and then Apollo passes out. It's a long chapter. Yeah, I know. Apollo then wakes up to his sister's voice, who is chiding him for almost dying. She's like, no, you don't. He was only out for a few seconds, but it feels like he's gotten a lot more rest because the infection is no longer in his body. He doesn't have these weird tendrils of gray snaking up his face anymore, and he feels like he can walk now. He looks at his sister gratefully and immediately tells her that he loves her, and she's clearly kind of uncomfortable with this and she's like you've really changed and he's like i missed you so much and she's like um okay Mm. (laughs) they leave the bookstore then and meet up with all the survivors slowly gathering on the streets the hunters are all there too apollo 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 that's a new one Mm. the hunters are all there too apollo spots talia grace at the end of the street helping a group of survivors He then spots Lavinia herself in Diana's chariot, and here we learn that she was actually the one responsible for the destruction of the Triumvirate's fleet. Peaches is also there, and there's like a cute reunion he has with Meg, where they're like, oh my gosh, and they hug each other. Lavinia then explains how she did it. The yachts didn't have much crew aboard since they sent much of their army to the mainland. Um, So with the help of the Nyreeds and what she says, some fancy footwork... She was able to mess with all their mortars and make them shoot straight up. Also, she stole the shoes, the dance shoes mm-hmm. of Terpsichore. Like, that was really what she was after mm-hmm. from Caligula's yacht. 
Reyna is also there. She's limping over on crutches. She says that Lavinia was acting on her orders because Hazel points out and is like, Lavinia, you weren't doing what you're supposed to. And Reyna's like, nah, got her covered. Even though we know from earlier when Reyna was initially like, Lavinia, we have to put you on trial. And Lavinia was like, <laughs> no, my plan is going to work. And you're going to say that ev- that I was acting under your orders. And so clearly Reyna gave in to that, which is yeah. funny. Um, they're all like, okay, we have a lot to do, a lot to clean up. And then Hazel yells, look, and they spot Arion coming over the hill with a human body draped over his back. Apollo is immediately brought back to seeing Tempest with Jason's body draped, draped over him and how when he saw Tempest, he was at first like, oh, Jason's here. Oh no, he's dead. So he's immediately like, Frank's dead. But this body, instead of just falling off of Arion when he comes to a halt, <laughs> just like Jason just like, flopped onto the beach. <laughs> Apollo's like, I know dead bodies. They just fly right off of the horses. <laughs> Jason hit me in the face, actually. <laughs> it's, it's in the song, actually. <laughs> yeah, it didn't you hear? It's in verse yeah. 52. <laughs> Um, but this body stands when it's it like slips off and then stands up and our baby our child frank he is alive his clothes are all burned away except uh conveniently his underwear seems to have that happened to leo before too yeah thank god Um, peachy yeah yeah and also his praetor cape is still intact which is why he's kept in underpants right now he says hey everybody and then falls over on his face this last bit of the chapter when I was reading it earlier today felt like the end of like a like a high school play when all the <laughs> characters keep coming back and they're like, hello, it's me. And everyone claps and then they mm. say their little bit and then they prance off the stage. Like It just was like how everything comes together and everyone's together yeah. and it's just like applause and holding each other. It was a little bit much. Yeah. It's like, this is what I did. This yeah. was my plan. Was I my do plan love Frank coming back, though. Yeah, I mean, thank God. That one's good. Thank been, God. Yeah, we can discuss that more, but yeah, yeah. thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, from my notes, I've t- touched on a lot of them. I do love the trope of, like, character A thinking character B is dead and then becoming, like, a murder monster. Mm-hmm. And especially when character A is, like, a sweet character, you know? Like, Hazel's a sweet character, but then she thinks Fred is Fred. <laughs> Who the fuck is Fred. She thinks Frank is dead and is immediately like, I'm going to kill everyone. And I love that trope. It's so great. Yeah, especially when it's like someone you don't... I mean, Hazel, we've always known is super powerful, but it's really fun when it's like someone you don't expect to like, you're like, you wouldn't fall down to his level. And you're like, like, well, now I have nothing to lose. And I'm angry. And they're like, actually, I would. Yeah. So Mm. good. I did think... Apollo calls the unicorns the five unicorns of the apocalypse, and I thought that would be a really good band name. Oh, that would be a good band name. Their first song would would be The Death of Jason Grace. (laughs) Ten minute version. Ten minute version. (laughs) No, he sings for half a day. That's true. So this is actually the short version. (laughs) Ten hour version. Ten hour version. (laughs) 
Can't get over that song. That's been the part of this book that I have not been able to no. let go from from my brain. Well, he keeps thing? coming back to it. I know. He keeps singing different versions of it to like get yeah. himself out of situations or instead of just like telling people a story or like, this yeah. is what I did today. He's like, I have it in song form. Let me just do it. He's like Taylor tweet. Swift with her like 10 vinyls for each album. <laughs> yes. Here's the lilac version. version. Of yeah. The 3 a.m. version the, the, the fall the, of jason grace the thing i always think about the fall of jason grace is how meg has to pee so badly before uh-huh. he starts the song ten and he then hours. takes 10 hours you get an infection you get a uti no 100 i just piss myself no i just yeah. leave i don't i was I there i don't need to hear him sing yeah. yeah i feel like meg can resist whatever special music magic apollo has and yeah. can be like i'm out well doesn't meg sing along at one point i, I don't remember uh, <laughs> probably I feel like they did a version where she sings her sad song she has sung with him before yes yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of singing, a lot of singing. <laughs> all right i have chapters 40 through 43 the final chapters so chapter 40 stop making me cry or buy me some tear ducts my old ones broke down so Apollo flies into doctor mode. He doesn't even notice that Diana has now disappeared. He's so in focused on taking care of Frank. So they take Frank to the med tent and he and Hazel stay by Frank's bedside well into early dawn. So no one can explain how Frank, conveniently, how Frank managed to survive. Apollo deduces that Frank lived because he took control over his own destiny. I hate it so much. <laughs> So mad reading this. Like, I'm so glad Frank lives, but also, like, what the fuck is this explanation? Like, if he could have come up with a much more interesting theory, mm-hmm. I'm just like a big bummer that this was the answer. He just was like, Maybe. and the best part is like, it's like one of those. It's just like a theory that they ha- kind of have to hypothesize, and they can never prove, and they'll just be like, yeah, this is this what it is. Yeah, um, and I really think like. Frank should have lost his Animorph powers when his firewood burned. Well, I, does he still have his Animorph powers? I don't remember. He, never, he doesn't turn into an animal at any of the rest of the chapters. But they yeah, don't, I don't say that he's lost it, so I don't know. Frankly, I don't remember. Uh, I asked Mike before this because I was like, do you remember Frank Animorphs again? And Mike was like, I, I feel like he didn't lose them, but maybe he did. So hmm. someone will tell us. I know. Well, um, so unlike the other person in history who also had firewood similar to Frank, their story is very different. They were given a firewood uh, at their birth and it was given to their mother who never told him about the firewood. And so just kept it a secret. And then when he became a spoiled, invincible brat, he ended up killing a bunch of his relatives. So his mom, as punishment, lit the firewood on fire Damn. and killed him. Yeah. So this, because Frank's, I guess, because Frank's family didn't do that, they never hid his fate from him and allowed him to be in charge of his own destiny. Um, It defined him as a person. (laughs) So by willing to die and sacrifice himself, Frank broke free of his fate and is now completely in charge of his own destiny. Every time I read that, I just like kept thinking of a stupid Britney Spears perfume ad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, 
Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I glad, I'm glad that they kind of touch on it because Hazel is happy everything worked out, obviously, because Frank is alive. But she's also a little bit bitter because she's like, okay, so we were essentially given an unexplainable miracle for Frank to be alive, but that couldn't exist for Jason. So we have to yeah. just be okay with it. And they both have to just sit with the fact that Frank got to live, but Jason didn't, even though like... Like, Apollo even deduces that Juno has released Frank of his burden because she favors Frank. But Hazel mm-hmm. reminds him that Jason was also really heavily favored by Juno as well. Yep. But he was allowed to be murdered. This feels like Rick is arguing with himself. I know. Like, why did I kill Jason? Yeah, <laughs> and also, Frank. like, how do I how do I explain Frank being alive? And he, I think it's almost like he wants to let the readers know that he's thought about all of our arguments. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving us a, like a, a reasonable, like logical answer, he's just like, "I thought about it too. You are not alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not alone. We also, I also don't know my answers." <laughs> so Frank wakes up and he gets scolded and adored on by a very relieved Hazel. Frank admits that he had kept a part of Ella's prophecy to himself. That was the part that said only fire could stop the emperors, kindled by the most precious firewood on the bridge to camp. Frank doesn't remember how he survived, and after a little bit of chatting, he ends up passing out again. Obviously, he's still wounded and recuperating. Mm -hmm. Apollo goes around camp, sitting at other wounded and dying campers' bedsides. Dakota, the kid who was obsessed with Kool-Aid, who's Dionysus' kid, is dead. Oh my god! (laughs) And so is Jacob from Apollo's training session, who was like really excited about like arrows and stuff. That one didn't leave an lasting impact on me, but Dakota did, the Kool-Aid kid. Yeah, the Kool-Aid kid was pretty rough. He was the former standard bearer, too, so Mm. it's it's a hard hit for the camp. Many others as well, but the one that hits Apollo the hardest is Don the Fawn, who has been basically burnt to a crisp by Greek Greek fire. He's still alive. I honestly forgot he died. You did? he's still alive? He's still alive at the moment. He's still alive for now, and he's chatting with Apollo about reincarnation and death. Right. But then he dies surrounded by his friends and he turns into a laurel tree, which is a bitter reminder for Apollo about his failings. It's it it for the others who are looking at it. Laurel trees uh, symbolize victory. So they think this is really auspicious. But to Apollo privately, he's like, oh, this is shitty. (laughs) The gods are shitting on me right now. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Apollo has the dryads plant the tree in a safe place so Dawn can be remembered as a hero forever. So chapter 41. If you hate me, fine. Just don't hit me in the gut or where anywhere. The next couple of days for Apollo are cleaning up and having mass funerals. Apollo describes it as like almost being harder than the battles themselves because war leads to destruction and lots of death. Just beautiful insight. Peaches mm. leaves with the fawns and dryads. Ella and Tyson go back to working on the Sibylline books, and Rena adopts the abused Pegasi, one eye and short ears. Rena lets Frank take over all the official duties with the help of Hazel while she's more or less like pulled herself to the sidelines. And Apollo notes that she seems to be watching over everyone as almost if she's saying goodbye. Talia comes up to Apollo and they have a conversation, the one he's been dreading. They need to talk about Jason. Talia explains she got Reina's letter about Jason's death just a couple hours before Diana had been summoned by Apollo. It was just enough time for her to like really have a proper mental breakdown and scream and throw things, but obviously she's still processing. 
She doesn't blame Apollo at all and is resigned to the fact that Jason was a hero and he made a hero's choice and was always going to have a hero's fate. Just like very blunt and very sad thing to say about your, you know, baby brother dying, but it's the the only thing. Talia also says that it's cruel to lose someone and then get them back only to lose them again because she thought Jason had died as a baby for him to come back and then for him to actually die now at only 16. At first, Apollo is a little confused because she says the royal we and she thinks he thinks that Talia is referencing someone in Apollo's life. But then he realizes she's talking about Artemis. Talia tells him that Artemis has been losing her mind over worry for Apollo to a point that she will split into her Greek and Roman forms on accident in front of Talia while she's like panicking over what Apollo might be doing or if he's still alive in his mortal form. Talia says that Artemis loves Apollo more than anyone else in the world. And she had to leave camp because she's a god and she can only really be summoned and allowed to help Apollo when there's actual fighting. Oh, Jupiter wouldn't approve of her hanging around, which is like also a reminder to Apollo that Talia calls them, calls Jupiter dad. And Apollo's mm-hmm. like, right, right, right. The like you, me, Artemis and Jason are siblings, actually. Mm-hmm. You all have the same father. And he's like, thinks it's really weird. But he also feels worse because he doesn't feel like he deserves any of them. He feels like Aww. they're all too good for him. And he keeps hurting everyone he loves. They talk Aww. some more about grief until Reyna comes to borrow Apollo for a chat. So Reyna and Apollo walk slowly through New Rome. Reyna thanks Apollo for his proposal of a relationship. She explains that she's lived her whole life with the expectations of other people. She also is like, oh, so I was, you know, um, a witch. I was a healer. I was like, you know, commander. And then I was praetor. And then I was um, like, I've lived. She's like had, she's at most, what, 16 years old. And she's had like, lived like 17 lifetimes at this point. Mm hmm. And she had roles that were defined for her and she could never break free and including the one of finding a partner. She was never sure if she actually wanted a partner or just knew she was mm-hmm. supposed to want one. And people always pitied her for her lack of romantic life. But Apollo's proposal showed her that, that how ridiculous she had been. Her heart was healed by herself because she was able to laugh at herself again. She doesn't need a partner or someone to heal her heart. She did all on her own. Girl like, boss. Okay. What is like a ridiculous heal your heart? Just like, okay. I she do. Therapize. Rick herself. has since on Twitter confirmed that he was trying to make it clear that he's writing Rena as like asexual and aromantic. Yeah. Which I feel like it kind of comes across here. He doesn't outright say it, though, but he's confirmed that on Twitter later. So, like, with that lens, I feel like I'm like, yeah, that like she's like accepting that about herself. Yeah. And I can see that like reading it. I I do see that. And I think it's important um, representation. I just hate Mm. when characters are like, I healed my heart myself. Like, Mm. that Mm -hmm. like language is so boring to me. I'm just like, okay. Well, I feel like it also implies that you just have to do that once and you're, like, good to go. Yeah. When in reality, like, it's the same thing of, like, you know, this is a different topic, but when that trope of, like, you can't love other people until you love yourself, it's, like, Mm. not really. Like, you're not always going to love yourself, you know? 
That doesn't mean you should, like, end every relationship in your life when you're, like, not feeling good about yourself. No. Um, And same thing, like, you know, she might feel healed now, but she might also, like, it's it's not linear. No. It's not a fix. But she can still move on, regardless of if she is, like, healed or not. She can still move on to the next thing. Yeah, like she had a realization more than anything mm-hmm. else, but the language makes it seem like she laughed once and her heart became whole. Mm. That's how it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> so she thinks that Venus manipulated Apollo because he's the only person with a large enough ego that when Reyna laughs, inevitably laughs in his face, he would only be like a little wounded. He wouldn't disintegrate into the ground yeah. or like lash out. Apollo agrees and asks Rainer what her future plans are, and she invites him to the Senate House. So chapter 42, life is uncertain, accept presents, and always eat your birthday cake. Apollo and Meg are given front row seats, a place of honor next to the senior senators. Frank begins the session by recapping their victory and has Rena take the floor. Reyna announces that she's actually retiring and stepping down as Praetor. She's lived a lot of life and wants to learn who she is outside the Legion. Also, now that she's like, you know, kind of confirmed that she's asexual and aromantic, she's like, you know what would be nice to also be immortal? So she has Talia come up and she swears herself to the hunt to join Artemis. Mm. What are was- your what are your thoughts on that plot line for her? For, um, um, I did not see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. I was so shocked. Um I'm happy for her because mm-hmm. I think that's a either her former auntie who was trying to set her up and just like I just wanted <laughs> to be her heart to be happy. I think for someone who is aromantic and a like asexual, this is a perfect fit. Like a group mm-hmm. of built-in mm-hmm. friends, and you get to be immortal. And it's not like I mean, to be fair though, she like just I mean, I I don't know. I, I did not see this coming at all. It makes sense to me yeah. now after like her lo- little dec- declaration. I was really nervous that she was going to be like Apollo's girlfriend and Apollo stays mortal for oh, her and like all this shit. I was so nervous for it. And this is like a, a really pleasant swerve, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Is that how you felt? I'm not 100% it? sure I like her joining the hunt i think it but i also think it fits her but it seems antithetical to me to her being like i need a break so i'm gonna get another job yeah <laughs> like, i'm like can you go on a vacation first please just like take some time Rest. off and then join the hunt yeah um because i do think it fits her like personality and i i do love that her sister is an amazon like that's very cool that like one of the sisters is a hunter and the other is an amazon warrior but I would. I wish she got, she took like some vacation yeah. before. I mean, later in the chapter, lifelong dog job. When yeah, <laughs> job. Um, <laughs> when she later in the chapters, she tells Talia when they're about to leave that she's really excited for her vacation, and Talia's like, "We don't have mm-hmm. vacation. Like we have to do this and this and this and this." And Reina's like, "That's a vacation compared to what I've been through. Like I'm so excited." True. Yeah, and I was like, okay, sure. Damn. Mm-hmm. Um. So now that there is an open spot, Hazel is voted as the new Praetor almost unanimously. And Lavenia is voted as the Centurion of the fifth cohort to take her place. 
Apollo and Meg are also celebrated. They're given gifts. Apollo is given his original bow from when he was a god. Apparently, it's just been sitting in the vault. And it's been too heavy for everyone, anyone to lift or use. But Apollo holds it easily now. His godly powers are somewhat returning. And now he has a weapon that's not a fucking ukulele. Yay! Yay! He can actually be useful. Meg is gifted ancient seeds curated by the camp's gardeners. They're kind of like it's a surprise variety pack. Good luck. (laughs) And she's so hyped for it. (laughs) Frank announces that Meg and Apollo will be headed out the next day to start their quest to defeat the final emperor. And that they will need a little bit more of the prophecy for for their next steps from Ella and Tyson. They were like, we'll deal with all of that tomorrow. For now, it's birthday cake time because it was (laughs) Lester's birthday yesterday. And there's going to be a party in the mess hall to celebrate their last night. So chapter 43, our great opening, win a free inferno trip and take a cupcake. Hazel and Frank meet up with Megan Apollo at first light at the coffee shop to say their final goodbyes. Talia and Reyna join them too, and everyone has an emotional moment. At the gates, Lavinia is waiting to say bye to Meg, and she has a bit of rash on her neck, which Apollo's like, oh, have you been sneaking off to see Poison Oak? And Lavinia is like, yeah, I like, you know, I have a new job title. It's apparently very hot to trees. <laughs> to trees. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they buy into the whole, like, hierarchy capitalism thing. Mm-hmm. You know, trees. She asks them to come back and see her when they finish Nero off and races away. Finally, go, they go and meet Tyson and Ella, where Tyson has the next prophecy tattooed over his spleen. It says, O son of Zeus, the final cha- challenge face, the tower of Nero, to alone ascend, dislodge the beast that has usurped thy place. Apollo realizes the prophecy is a terza rima. It's a style invented by Dante, who wrote the Inferno, you know, Dante's Inferno, where the middle line rhymes with the first line of the next stanza, meaning their quest will be hunting for more stanzas of this prophecy to tell them what to do. So they know that they have to probably go back to the East Coast, to the Beast, and to Nero's, Nero's, Nero's Palace, which will mean New York. So they have a long way to go. So Meg suggests that they get a move on it and find a mode of transportation. Like every, each book always begins with a new fun way of transporting themselves. I know. They've, they've, they've done a lot of cars. They've done a plane, yeah. which has been new and different. Yeah, the first one, he literally fell out of the sky. The second one, they were in a Festus. Mm-hmm. The third one, they were in the plane. Wait, no. I don't remember. I don't even remember. They must have been in the plane. No. Oh, they were in the labyrinth. They were in the labyrinth. Yes. And the fourth true. one opened with them driving a hearse. So. Yeah, right. What's Jason? next? <laughs> Jason. Jason's been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, uh, Tyson does suggest a rocket ship. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I agree, Tyson. Yeah, and they were like, oh, do you have one? And Tyson's like, no, why would I have one? And that was like yeah. the end of that conversation. <laughs> he just thinks about them a lot. Mm. All right, ready for some lightning bolt questions? I am, indeed. Okay, so this one was sent to us on Instagram by Orr. What would you want your cape to turn into? Because, like, Reyna's, I guess, turns into, like, a purple cardigan when she's like, I'm no longer a praetor. So what would you want yours to be? Oh, a cardigan for sure. I'm very much a cardigan girly. Yes. 
And in the summer, maybe like a baseball cap or something. Oh, or slippers would be nice too. That's cute. But yeah, most- I think the cardigan is a really good fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either that or like a nice crew neck sweater. Yes, that too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind a sweater. Yeah. Or a quarter zip. I love mm-hmm. a good quarter zip. Anyway, that one. Easy. Easy. Mm-hmm. We know what kind easy of sweaters one. we like. Yeah. Uh, this we one. Cozy girls. Yeah. This one's a bigger question um, on Instagram, Benoid Humanoid Alien, who has sent us questions and every time I chuckle at their username, uh, mm-hmm. asked, should Frank have died? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that it would have taken away from Jason's death mm-hmm. a lot. And then also, I don't think I could handle two songs <laughs> that are like 10 That's hours true. long. <laughs> I think... That the way that he survived was really dumb. Like, the reasoning that he survived. He should have survived, but I think Rick should have been more creative in the way that he survived. Yeah. And I think that takes away from his sacrifice a lot. Because it's like, in the moment he died because he did the ultimate thing, which was sacrificing himself. It's like very Harry Potter, where it's like, his love, his mother's love, like, saved him or whatever the fuck. And you're like, okay... So you're sure. saying that every mother who's ever loved their kid saves, like, you know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, then it implies that J- Jason didn't sacrifice himself. It implies, like, um, all Jason's the other demigods. Yeah, I mean, she well, did. Yeah, she did. So <laughs> but all the other demigods who died on the battlefield weren't, like, brave, as brave as Frank to sacrifice themselves. So yeah. It just, I don't like the way that it was done. So that's kind of a big bummer. Yeah, I agree. I think I I used to feel, after I read this the first time, I was like, Frank should have died. Like, he had so much at stake. And rereading this, I don't think he should have died. Like, that would have made me sad, personally. Mm. And also, like, I feel like he just can't kill two of the previous main characters. No. But I think that the explanation is like really phoned in and honestly same with it reminds me of the explanation with hazel of why her curse isn't happening anymore in this book it feels like there were these things that were so high stakes in heroes of olympus that now are just like explained as like i don't know it's not a problem anymore i think frank i can't remember if he loses his morphing abilities but i seem to think in my head he doesn't Hmm. because i was like he should have had a consequence i i think that there should have been a consequence to the stick burning yeah because the whole point of the stick is that he's so powerful as a huge like as a as a being that he has Mm -hmm. to have a weakness and so if the stick is gone but he still can morph and be as powerful as he was now he's just unstoppable yeah because I'm okay, like, I'm, like, the stick go- being gone and him not dying kind of annoys me, but if they were to interpret it as, like, some part of him died, like, the morphing ability or, mm-hmm. like, his connection to some, I don't know. Um, but they didn't. It just, he's just fine and no one knows why, and it annoys me. Hmm. Hmm. All right. My question is, do you think Lavinia should have been promoted? No. <laughs> I feel like there's so many campers that are following the rules and (laughs) putting in the work and risking their lives. And Lavinia just like, yeah, she saved them, but she also kind of just like fucked off and went and got shoes. Yeah. 
Um, controversial. I, I mean, you know, I like to have a, one of the, one or two of those per series. I don't like Lavinia at all. Really? Okay. I think she's really annoying. I think mm. that she clearly can't follow orders and is a bit selfish and thinks that she, like the fact that she was acting like, like Hazel and all the others weren't thinking of them. Maybe they weren't, but like making them feel less than for not thinking of the dryads and the the fawns and stuff and she was like well i have to self help help them and just kind of basically abandons her fellow soldiers mm-hmm. and like it's very lucky that her plan worked out yeah and for her to now true. have a position of power and she's so chaotic and not like meg is chaotic but still very endearing to me lavinia is mm-hmm. not yeah, because with Meg, we get a lot more backstory and understanding of why she behaves the way she does. With Lavinia, we don't get that. Slash, I don't know if she has a very deep backstory. No, I don't know I don't what's going so. on with her. Yeah, I can see that. I like Lavinia as a character, mm-hmm. but I can see if I think if I knew, if I like had to work with someone like that. Yeah. It would cause, I would not have a fun time. I I think I get very turned off by characters and people in the world who think that their opinion or their way of doing things is more important than others. Yeah. And so I get very irritated by that. Like that's her whole stick is that she's thinks that she's a lot more important. Like even when she's talking to Apollo uh, after she makes him sing the song to the dreads to tell them like what happened in California. When they're walking back, she's like, I'm going to do whatever. She's like, don't ask me what I need to do. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And yeah. I was like, okay. That is annoying. Congrats. Yeah, and then and she think- gets a job promotion? Like, okay. Yeah, I do not think she should have been promoted. Mm-mm. Plus, it is a little annoying that she didn't tell anyone her plan because maybe less people would have died if other yeah. people had been, like, focused on helping that plan um, be executed. I know it worked out, but like, who did it work out for? It didn't work out for Dawn the Fawn. No. Or uh, Dakota the Kool-Aid boy. Yeah. A lot of people died and she yeah. gets a job promotion. Um, yeah. Which mm. we've only met her in this book. So it seems a little bit odd. Yeah. Questionable. Well, since we finished this book, mm. gotta do our little book recap. Um, what are your overall thoughts on this one? Um, it was fun to be back in Camp Jupiter and see. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun book. I think I liked the previous book more than this one. Yeah. Um, I liked Apollo's character more in this one, though, and Meg and his relationship more. I feel like they're on better, like, solid ground now. Like, they're not constantly trying to prove themselves. But I was a little bit... Apollo being, like, sick the entire book and passing out like every chapter was a bit frustrating yeah. and yeah I think that's that's basically my thoughts overall mm-hmm. yeah I think I feel similarly I think I think I think I think mm-hmm. I don't know in my own opinions <laughs> the third book is better than this one mainly because honestly like I'm the first time I read it and this time, the thing that I get really hung up on is, like, the explanation for Frank and the explanation for Hazel's gems. Like, it feels like those two characters kind of stopped really caring about their 
their plot lines. I mean, obviously they have pretty cool plot lines in this, but it's like he stopped, he kind of forgot about their previous, the previous things we've established Mm -hmm. and just like phoned in the explanations. And that bothers me a lot. And yeah, I think I'd, I'd over the four that we've read so far, I feel like it's on par. I think, I don't know. I'm going to have to do like a ranking of these because I really don't know where I stand. Like the first, second, and this one. Yeah. I go back and I think I the second might be the lowest for me. But I loved Commodus's arena. But this one, like there were a lot of really memorable parts. Like I think the arena rejection part is very memorable mm-hmm. to me. Um, Megan Apollo's relationship is very memorable. The battle is memorable. Um but some of the overall like explanations for things just didn't land as much with me. Yeah. I did like the the fight between Frank, Paolo, and the Emperors. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was like a really cool them like being scrappy and feeling really hopeless. And there was like the stake. Like I got really invested and really emotional because I knew Rick was capable of killing off a main character. Yeah. So it made yeah. the stakes much higher. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that, I know that's probably next question, but I think that would be my favorite part of this book. The battle. The battle, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know what my favorite part is. I think I liked... Hmm. I do love the when Raina rejects him. I think it's funny. Um, you know, I think a part that, like, really stood out to me this time reading it is after they go to... Tarquin's little hidey hole the first time and when him and Meg are talking after and Meg's like admits that the reason she attacked him is because she thought it would save Apollo yeah I I forgot about that part and I found that part really sweet this time around so I think that might be one of my favorite little small moments I like that because it established like I remember reading that in the beginning and be like why is Meg so impulsive Mm -hmm. And after hearing her explanation, I'm like, she's a 12 year old who thought she had a plan. Like, it's very, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And it was because she's like, I cannot lose. Like, Apollo is so important to her. Really liked yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say my least favorite part is like every time that Apollo sang Jason's yes. death song. Same. Though I will say that it was also the funniest every single time. Especially the like, first oh, time. It was so funny. So funny. <laughs> But yeah, I same. think it was a bit rough to have to do the, the amount of times that, yeah, it was a bit much. Yeah, same. That or the explanation for Frank are the parts yes. that are not not my faves in this no. one. Yeah. All right. So I have to predict what happens for the next book, huh? The entire plot. The entire plot. Out. Yeah. Okay. So Nero's Tower... Mm-hmm. You know the title now, right? I That's do. Cool. I think that Tower Nero. Nero. Yeah, it's a Tower Nero. I think so. Something like that. Okay, so yeah. um, I think Meg is going to have to. Well, so he has to kill Nero and Python and have a decision about like becoming a god again mm-hmm. after Reina's rejection and her joining the hunt. I feel like I'm leaning towards maybe Apollo becomes a god. Mm-hmm. I really hope he does. And I'm really like pushing for that. I know, obviously I can't change anything with my <laughs> will. <laughs> but um, 
I really hope he chooses to become a god and then enacts a lot of the things that he's learned to try to help his children and becomes like a very like involved father as much as he can but just like really has empathy for he becomes like the, the everyone's favorite god mm-hmm. um but i have a feeling what he's going to end up in instead of becoming a full god he's going to become like a weird hybrid where he's like kind of a demigod and he gets to be mm. a teenager or whatever and i think that's really shitty but whatever <laughs> uh i think that meg is going to have to kill nero mm-hmm. i think it's going to be like this moment kind of like star wars where like nero Ooh. is killing apollo and meg has to like make a decision and she chooses apollo over obviously the beast or she has mm-hmm. to confront the beast because mm-hmm. that's the only that she can heal and move on mm-hmm. i have no idea how he's gonna fucking kill python god i hope <laughs> it's not through song I the really giant hope reptile, no the yeah. not snake, the Komodo the dragon. Yeah, he's gonna sing it like a version of Jason's death song and like mm-hmm. when it's empathy. I don't know. Did the you rap ever version? The rap version. If he raps, I swear to God. <laughs> um, did you ever read the Aragon books? Yes, I don't remember much after the first one, but I know I definitely at least read the first like two or three. I read all of them. I really loved Mm -hmm. the first one as a child. I think I picked it up in like the third or fourth grade. But um, the last book came out, I think, when we were in high school. And it was like one of those kind of like the way that they he explained Frank living, the way that he defeats the main bad guy. And this is a spoiler if you haven't read Aragon (laughs) and you are planning to. Um, It was really stupid. He like shows the evil king dude like love or something. You're like, I wasted five books for you to like teach this man to be an empath. Like, shut the fuck what up. What a trope. What a good trope. And so I'm really hoping that's not what happens with the Python. <laughs> Teaches Python empathy. <laughs> Maybe that's what he friendship. does to Jupiter. Yeah. Teaches Jupiter a bit of, of empathy. Yeah. <laughs> Our friendship, honestly. Beautiful. I was like, in the year of 2014, this is what you're doing to me. <laughs> It's when they don't actually, they never actually had a plan for how no. to how to finish it. He's really like, got, uh, he got published at, <laughs> he got published at 19 and was like, yeah. I don't know where I'm going for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good All predictions. Right. Thank you. I'm really excited You're to welcome. see what happens. You're so welcome. All right. So as per usual, we are going to be taking a week off after finishing this book. And then we're going to have a bonus episode where um, I think Aaron has a lot of voice memos and such that Mm -hmm. we've collected so we want to be able to properly answer those and we might have a guest surprise for you indeed indeed cool Mm -hmm. and yeah then we'll be starting the last book after that so stay tuned if you are interested in supporting us you can find us on patreon the link is in the episode description the link to send us an audio message is there as well our social media is at Camp Half Pod. Our email is camphalfpod at gmail.com. We have a Discord, so if you want to join that, just message us or email us at those places and we will send you an invite. Sweet. Make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to us. Bye-bye.